1: Disturbed is dark this week, so I'm bringing you an episode that originally aired back on October 20th, 2022. We'll be back next week Thursday with a brand new episode.
2: This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. I get across the tracks, then roughly 20 feet through the pass,
0: and I hear a holler. It was more of a whoop, a very demonic and malicious whoop.
3: My heart was racing from the impact and now seeing what I could only assume to be a person.
4: At this point, I was just too scared to even lift a finger. And even though I didn't understand everything that was going on, I knew it wasn't okay.
2: From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed.
1: Welcome back in everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you 5 true horrifying tales and a listener voicemail that will frighten and disturb. So sit back, and listen close, as we dive into the horror. As we creep along through the spookiest month of the year, I'm here to remind you that next week is our annual Halloween special, and it's one you won't want to miss. So be ready. Now then, we open the show with a listener submission from Trevor, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford, and we have a run-in with The Crazy Clowns.
0: I was living in a little city in Northeastern Utah with my then-fiancee and our newborn son. We live close to my place of work, and since we currently only had one vehicle, I would leave it for her in case of emergency, and walk my happy ass to work each early morning. Now around this time is when there was the crazy clown shit going on, and random people in clown costumes with weapons were found in crazy places and would chase the people they encountered. In our area, there was a police warning of these crazy clowns being everywhere on Halloween morning, especially in train stations. So, as it goes, I had to walk through a train station on my path to work, on Halloween morning. I'm aware that these clowns have already been seen nearby more than a couple times, so I did my best to prepare myself. I woke up and got ready for work, made sure to grab my biggest knife, roughly 6-inch hunting knife, and my baton just in case. I'm walking as quickly as I can, telling myself that everything is okay, and there's absolutely no fucking way I'm going to encounter one of these loons. As I approach the train station, my mouth goes dry, my heartbeat quickens tenfold. My palms get sweaty, and I grasp the hilt of my main line of self-defense, my knife. I get to the station and start walking across to continue on my path, scanning back and forth sporadically, thinking I was just moments away from death. But no clowns in any direction. I take a breath of relief, let go of the hilt, and shake my head, telling myself I was stupid for worrying myself like that. I get across the tracks. Then roughly 20 feet through the pass, and I hear a holler. It was more of a whoop, a very demonic and malicious whoop. I I damn near shit myself and froze, knowing I had to turn around to see whatever made that sound but couldn't get myself to move. After what felt like a lifetime, I was able to turn my head just enough to see not one, but two of these fucking clowns standing behind me. I mean, Where the hell did they come from? So I immediately started running as fast as I possibly could. Now, I was in steel-toe work boots, with a backpack and a water jug in my hold. I wasn't moving fast enough, and they were closing in quick. And one of them had a grizzly mask that looked like a broken-faced demon with bright green hair and was holding what appeared to be a machete. And the other looked like the queen from fucking Wonderland, and she was holding a damn sword. Not like a dagger or not like a katana, but I'm talking a full-fledged King Arthur Excalibur sword. I swear to you, I thought I was gonna die. I ran for my life and made it to the entrance of my work just as they were catching up to me. I immediately ran to my boss out of breath, and crying. I told him what just happened to me. He gathered the crew that had already arrived, and as an angry mob would, they went together outside. But there were no clowns to be seen, I don't know where they went, hell I don't even know where they came from, I'm not sure if anything would have happened had they caught me but to the crazy ass people that thought they were clowns roaming the streets at 4 in the morning stop doing drugs and i sincerely hope no one ever meets you again
2: are you listening alone rather brave of you
1: up next we check in with reddit user hello world 5551018 featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we learn a valuable lesson about helping strangers.
3: For the purposes of this post, I'm using a throwaway account and will use a fake name. This happened a few days ago while I was on my way home from visiting my friend's house. I was driving on a back road late at night in my Tesla Model 3 while it was on auto drive. I'll admit that I was not paying attention to the road and I was on my phone while I had my music in the car playing. The ride was okay and chill for a while, but I'm not really sure of other details because I was not paying attention to the time. Out of nowhere, my car immediately braked and made an alarming sound. I was scared shitless and immediately took control of the wheel and looked through the windshield. When I looked, I saw a figure standing inches from my car, barely avoiding being hit. My heart was racing from the impact and now seeing what I could only assume to be a person. They didn't even flinch from the sight of almost being hit. I looked at them for a good 10 seconds before I put my car in park and turned on the megaphone to ask them, are they okay? They didn't respond and proceeded to walk near my window. I locked my doors while they were approaching because I was terrified. They asked me if I could roll the window down to speak to them, but I refused and told them that I could hear them from the other side. I then asked them why they were out here all alone in the cold, and they told me that their car had broken down and that they were hoping someone would stop to help them. As they were talking, I got a good look at their face, and they appeared to be 25, 30 years old. After the small talk they attempted, I told them that I would be calling someone to come assist them with their situation. They weren't happy with that and insisted that I drop them off to a friend's house who lived nearby. That's when I became really freaked out and suspicious. They had told me they were waiting for someone and now they needed to be dropped off. I then put my car back into drive and told them again, from the window since the megaphone is not available in park, that I would call someone to come help them. They then tried to reach for the door handle, but I guess they forgot that Tesla handles are embedded into the car. When they did that, I immediately stepped on the pedal and went flying down the road. I didn't even look into my rearview mirror or put the car back into autopilot. The whole ride back, I was scared shitless. I just got back onto the main road where I hoped to see cars and just floored it home. I couldn't get my mind off of it for the rest of the night. I have suspicions that that guy was not alone and that there were other people with them. I pray that they didn't get someone else who wasn't as lucky as me. I will never in my life stop to help some random person ever again.
2: Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body.
1: Coming up next, we have a listener submission from Sierra. Featuring voice work by Tanya Eby and we meet the man they call Logan.
5: My family, mom, stepfather, twin sister, and myself, 22 female, moved to a rural town in Illinois when I was 10 years old. My twin sister and I weren't exactly thrilled about the move and what we heard about the previous owner definitely didn't make settling in any easier. A family friend of the previous owner who tended the garden out back, told us that the old man who lived there, whose name was Logan, died in the house. Nothing crazy, just old age and health issues, I guess. But it was enough to freak my twin and I out, especially when little unexplained things started happening around the house. The first time I noticed anything weird was a few months later. I was walking up the basement stairs when I just felt someone staring down at me from the top landing. I froze for a moment hoping that it was just my ten-year-old imagination getting the best of me. I booked it up the stairs and back into the house, trying to shake the feeling, but I couldn't stop thinking about it for months. Little things like that happened pretty regularly for about four years, but didn't really escalate. Until my twin moved out and went to live with our dad. Then, it started to get a little creepier. I would be doing the dishes after the sun went down, facing the window that looked out to the back garden when I'd see a person's silhouette in the reflection of the glass, standing in the doorway to the spare room. The room didn't have a door, so it was just pitch black beyond the doorframe. But this silhouette looked like it was level with it, looking out at me while I finished my chores. I whipped around to see who was behind me, knowing that it wasn't my mother because it was too tall, and my stepfather was at work. I told myself that I was freaking myself out, watching too many creepy pasta videos before bed. Or maybe I was just really tired. But deep down, I knew that there was someone watching me more often than not. It kept happening. Every time I was in the kitchen after dark, or in the upstairs bathroom, someone was always watching me. I never felt threatened by it, but it always sent chills up my spine. I always got the feeling that it was an old man, the old owner of the house, so eventually I started telling Logan that he was creeping me out and to leave me alone. It worked, for a while. The last experiences I had were right before I moved out after graduation, and they're the ones that I think about almost every day. There was a mirror at the end of the hall upstairs, and on the other end was the bathroom. The door was installed wrong, or at an angle or something, so it always closed on its own, but stayed cracked open, so you could just barely see inside. It was early afternoon this particular day, and I had just finished getting ready to hang out with friends, so I was doing what every Gen Z girl does in her spare time, taking mirror selfies. I was trying to find the right pose for the most epic snapshot of my cute outfit, when something absolutely bone-chilling happened. In the reflection of the mirror, I saw someone's shadow cross the bathroom. It was just me and my mom at home, and she was downstairs, right below me in the living room watching TV. I sprinted down the stairs and told my mom what I saw, and all she said was, Oh, it's just Logan, with a little laugh and an unconcerned shrug. I avoided the upstairs bathroom at all costs after that, even though my bedroom was about ten steps away from it. The last one isn't the creepiest, but I'm not the only one who experienced it. I'd be up early in the morning around 4 or 5 a.m. for work and hear someone clinking something against the bathroom sink, like when a man shaves and taps his razor on the sink to get the excess hair off the blades. I heard it often, up until the day I moved out, and to this day, my mom and I still talk about it, even though neither of us live there anymore. I tell myself that it wasn't something sinister to make me feel better, but who knows if it was Logan or something else. I don't think I want to find out.
6: And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either.
5: She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the
6: context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a
5: side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Want to listen to Disturbed ad-free? Of course you do. Go to disturbedpodcast.com slash support to get your access today. Now back to the horror. Disturbed podcast with your host, Chad. Next up, we have an anonymous
1: listener voicemail, and we potentially meet an old friend, the Hat Man.
8: Hey, Disturbed. I love listening to your guys' podcast. I thought I'd go ahead and submit a story of my own that happened a few years ago at my at one of my grandma's houses. I'm going to get started by saying the way this backyard was set up because that's where everything mostly takes place. You walk out of the back door and if you look to the right, there's the gate that leads to the driveway. And if you look to your left, they have their pool. You go forward a little bit more and look to the right. It has like a lounge area that has like a TV, some chairs, and then like a ton of like stuff in there that they're keeping. And then if you walk forward towards the back of the backyard, towards the back, there's like a fire pit, like a really big fire pit with some chairs around it. And then there's a shed that has like wood, glass, and like tons of tools. And then all of this is fenced off. And the only people that stay there is my grandma, one of her friends, and... My dad used to stay there for a little bit, and she has two dogs. And one of the dogs is a decently big dog. I don't remember what breed he is, but he's a mixed breed. And then the other one is a Jack Russell. The Jack Russell's name is Mason, and then the other bigger dog is Rebel. So they had left me there alone because they were all going to go out to eat, and I didn't really want to go with. And this was during the summer So I brought my swimsuit with so that I could swim and, you know, I was swimming until it got decently late and it was getting kind of dark, but she had like lights set up out there so that you're able to see. And while I was swimming around, I thought I heard something, but I figured it was probably just the dogs because they were sitting around like by the pool. And I was splashing some water on the ground so that they could get some since they couldn't really swim, but they liked the water. I went under the water and swam around for a bit. And when I got back up and looked at the dogs, they were growling in an attack position and looked really alert while they were staring at the shed that's near the back right of the backyard. I was trying to look over there and see what they're staring at, and I couldn't see anything because it was all dark. So I kind of just kept swimming, but I didn't go under the water in case something happened and I wanted to at least be able to see. While I was taking the goggles off that I had, they started barking at the back of the shed. Like they moved closer, they moved a little bit closer and were just barking, mildly barking, and they were growling. So I went ahead and got out and got a towel to just wrap around me. I was going to bring them back inside until I heard like a twig snap or some of the wood that's behind there. I heard something snap. And when I looked over there, it was that tall figure. It was a top hat guy that a lot of people have seen before, just standing there, like peering over the side of the shed, like he was looking from behind it, or at least from the side i screamed and ran back inside the house along with the dogs like following me in because i was holding on to their collars and once i got in i saw that he had moved all the way out from the shed and was just standing there at the back of the yard so i got in locked the door and turned most of the lights off and hid in the living room and i was debating on calling the cops but since i already had known what that thing is and is supposed to be dark energy or bad energy, something like that. Cops can't help at all. So I just waited and waited and until I thought it was safe enough to at least turn the lights back on, I started hearing a knocking or like a tapping on the backyard door. And this door has one of the screen doors I opened the screen door up to try and, like, see out of the people. And I couldn't see him, but I knew he was there because I couldn't see him anywhere else, and there was no one home besides me and the dogs. And they weren't supposed to be back until, like, later. I tried to peer out from one of the windows that was near there, and I still couldn't see him. But as I was walking back to the living room, the dogs were staring at the window by the front door and they were growling like they were when they were in the backyard and he was there again he was staring through that window but he was decently far away and by the tree that's in the front he was standing by that and almost peering around it like he was with the shed so I went on and called my dad so that I could tell him hey there's like There's some creepy shit going on. I need you guys to get back. I don't really feel comfortable staying here anymore by myself. So they got back, and the thing had disappeared a few minutes before they got back. It walked off into, like, the backyard again, and it wasn't there anymore. And there was always some creepy shit that happened at this house anyways. so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary because there was a lot of paranormal things that happened. I uh, went ahead and told them all. I told my grandma, her friend, and my dad, what had happened. The dogs were still a little bit on the watch and on guard for what had happened, but they were calming down. But yeah, that's my story. Hope you enjoyed it.
1: Now a couple things on this one because it might be a new twist on our friend, the Hatman. You mentioned you heard a twig snap and saw the figure. Now was this figure solid in nature? That is to say, as clear as you would see any other person, or did it appear to be more of an entity, less solid, transparent, or blurred in any way? I think answering that might help clear up things in regards to, if this was just an actual person lurking around your property, or if it really was our old pal the hat man, who has a bit more supernatural element to him, and has been mentioned in many cases of sleep paralysis, which clearly isn't the case here. So Anonymous, if and when you hear this, give us a call back on the hotline and let me know how solid this figure really was and I'll be sure to update everyone on those developments. Now next up, we check in with Reddit user Rizelle222, featuring voice work by Addison Peacock and we have a terrifyingly close call. When I was
4: a kid, my mom worked as a teacher and she was very close to a coworker of hers who had a son around my age, and with whom I as well was very close. When my mom or her friend would head out for the night, the other would take care of both of us kids, and basically it meant I spent half my time over there, and my friend spent half his time at my house, which was perfect and fun for us. We lived in different cities, but since that kind of system had been going on pretty much since forever, I grew up knowing my friend's city just as well as mine. His mom was well aware of that, so that being said, Whenever we were going on a walk in that area, she'd let us wander around because she knew we'd always find our way back to her. My mom, though, was more cautious and always kept an eye on us, as she'd walk behind us to make sure she'd always be able to see us. I just wish her friend would have done the same. One day, I had to be around six or seven. We were going on a walk with my friend Marcus and his mom Katie. It was a very sunny day, and I was wearing a dress with embroidered flowers, and I had my blonde, long hair down. I often heard that I was a pretty kid, even from strangers in the street, and besides making me and my parents somewhat uncomfortable, nothing bad ever happened. During that walk, Katie was walking ahead of us, and I was chatting and just fooling around with Marcus, when he suddenly remembered something urgent to tell his mom, as urgent as something can be for an eight-year-old boy. He ran up to her and left me strolling behind for a couple of minutes, just as had already happened a hundred times prior. That time, though, we were circling around a big camping site, and we walked by the white vans and camping cars. One of those vans had its back doors open, and there was a man, probably in his mid-forties, smoking a cigarette and leaning on the vehicle. He locked eyes with me as I was approaching, then saw that Katie and Marcus weren't paying much attention to me as they were already a couple of meters ahead. Then he proceeded to pull me by my arm close to him, and so I found myself with my body touching his, so weirded out that I didn't even say a word although I knew Katie would have heard me if I called for help. He leaned toward me as he was obviously much taller than I was, muttering something I didn't get, and he winked at me and kissed me on the lips and then pulled me to the open doors of his van. At this point, if he had pushed me just a little, I would have fallen in the truck. At this point, I was just too scared to even lift a finger, and even though I didn't understand everything that was going on, I knew it wasn't okay. He put his hands on the doors as if to close the vehicle, and I felt my heart sink. At that exact moment, some other man jogged toward us in his forties as well, waving hello to me and saying something along the lines of, I lost sight of you for a bit. I was so, so scared. He had a very friendly look on his face and was staring at me with great insistence and with a huge reassuring smile. And the van man awkwardly laughed and yanked me out of the way of the car, slamming the door shut. I ran to Katie as I heard the van go off and just acted as if nothing happened. To this day, I never told that story to anyone. Not to Katie or Marcus, not to my mom. Nobody. I'm 22 years old today. So to the friendly guy who obviously didn't lose sight of me or whatever but just probably saw everything and wanted to interfere from the bottom of my heart, thank you. To the pedophile who surely would've abducted me and who was strangely okay with kissing a kid in public and in broad daylight. I'm not even in the mood to add anything to what happened, but everyone thinks the same thing as I do, and I wish you hell. And let's not ever meet again. Though I think I'd be too old for you.
2: Are you terrified yet? You will be.
1: And finally, we close out the show with a listener submission from Sydney, featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin, and we get tracked down.
6: My name is Sydney, and I have been listening to the podcast for a while. I am just an average teenager from Indiana where nothing exciting happens very often. So when this happened to me, it got the attention of a good amount of people in my small town. I want people to hear my story so they can be wary and remember to always be vigilant. On August 5th, 2015, I was at home alone that evening, while my older sibling was at work, and my parents were out on a date. I was in the main living room of my tri-level house, messaging my friends on my phone at the time. For some backstory on this, previous to the event, I had been getting messages from a man from Canada, whom I didn't know on Snapchat. He was 23 and had been sending me lewd messages, but I showed my parents and I blocked him. He kept persisting though. He made multiple other accounts just to harass me. He sent messages like, I will go to your house and gut you like a pig if you don't talk to me, darling. Seeing all of these messages scared me to death, but eventually he stopped making new accounts and sending threats to me. So I just left it at that. Keep in mind that I stupidly kept my location on at all times on Snapchat. And completely forgot about it. So that evening of August 5th, I was just relaxing, texting my friends, and taking care of my dogs. But as I was messaging my friends, I received a message saying, I'm here for you. It was super weird to me at the time, but now it makes a lot of sense. But either way, it made me super paranoid. So I went up to the front door and locked it, then walked to the front blinds. Before I could close them, though, I froze solid. There was a man in my driveway staring directly at me. I just stood there and stared at him until he moved. And he sure did. He started moving towards the side of my house, and I quickly closed the blinds and went for the back door, locking that too. It was glass, so I was scared that he would get to the back and break it. My dogs were going wild at this point, and they weren't going to stop. I tried to hush them, but it didn't work. I was looking down at my dogs when I was trying to hush them, but whenever I looked back up at the glass door, the man was right there. I screamed loudly and stumbled backwards. I was petrified. He started banging on the glass and yelling, Let me in, love. He was saying it in a loving manner at first and it freaked me the fuck out. Then he started yelling in an angered tone, Open the door, you fucking slut. I will kill you if you don't. When he said that, I immediately just pulled out my phone and took a picture of him. I don't know what made me do this, but the only sense I can make of myself doing that is if I were to get murdered or kidnapped and they couldn't find the person who did it. They could just look through my phone if they had it. But after taking the picture, I immediately called the police. I luckily lived only a few streets away from the police station in my town, so they could get to my house fast. When he saw me on the phone, he ran off somewhere into my backyard and hid. Then I hid. The police arrived shortly after and went into the back. They found the man hiding behind my willow tree in the corner of my backyard. They took him in and my family arrived home quickly. I never heard from the man again and I don't know if he is in jail or not. But either way, to the man who came to my house and threatened me, let's never meet again.
2: Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast, and on Twitter at disturbed underscore pod.
1: Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com submit to find out how. And if you'd like to support the show and gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free content, and early releases, visit patreon.com disturbedpodcast. Or if you're an Apple user, subscribe directly in Apple Podcasts. And a big thanks to our newest supporters, Emily Gereau, Majestic, Carrie Timmons, and Bashful Echo. Thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio, Co.ag, and Kevin Hartnell. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with our annual Halloween special, You Won't Want to Miss It. Keep it Creepy and stay safe out there y'all.